Mishnayis Peya Paragvav Mishnah Aleph Beshamay Oimrim Hefker Laniim Hefker. What's this Mishnah talking about? If a person declares his produce ownerless, Hefker becomes available for anyone to take. Moreover, produce that is Hefker is potter from Truma and Meiser, as mentioned earlier in Perak Aleph. This Mishnah is going to bring a machlekes about whether a person can make his produce Hefker in a limited way. So Beshamay Oimrim Hefker Laniim Hefker. Beshamay say that if a person declares his produce ownerless. In regard to the poor, it becomes ownerless. That is, if the owner of the produce says that any poor person can come and take it, but a rich person cannot, his declaration is effective. As far as the poor are concerned, the produce is hefker. Such produce is subject to the same laws that apply to produce that was declared completely hefker for the rich and the poor alike, except that it can be acquired only by a poor person. Like regular hefker, it's potter from trumas and maestras. So therefore, a poor person who takes this produce does not have to separate Truma and Meiser from it. The produce doesn't become Hefker even for the Aniyam unless he declares it completely Hefker even for Ashirim, even for wealthy people as well, as is the case with Shemitah produce, which the Torah makes it ownerless in regard to everyone, both rich and poor, meaning that every Hefker has to be the way, has to be like the Torah makes it by Shemitah. If someone declares his produce hefker only for Aniyam, his declaration is meaningless. The produce still belongs to him, and not even the poor may take it, meaning that nothing happened to it at all. Accordingly, it will be Mechuyev in all the regular Trumas and Meisters. The Mishnah is going to quote another Machlekes of Beishamah and Beishilol about Shukha. Kol Oymer HaSadosh al Kav Kav. If all the bundles in the field are each the size of a Kav, Ve'echot shal Arba Kavim. Now, one is the size of four kav, four times the size of all the other ones. And the farmer forgot this big four kav bundle. So, it's not shikha, and it may be retrieved by the farmer, since this bundle is four times larger than the others. The farmer will eventually remember it, and thus it's not classified as shikha. But, it is shikha, and it must be left for the poor, even though it's much larger than all the other bundles. The farmer will not necessarily remember it. However, if the large bundle is more than four times bigger than the other bundles, even Beis Hillel will agree that it's not Sheikha, since such a bundle certainly stands out and will be remembered. Okay? Mishnah Beis. Ha'oymer shuhusamach lagofa v'lagodesh. This Mishnah is another machleik as Beishamah and Beis Hillel about Sheikha. Ha'oymer shuhusamach lagofa v'lagodesh labaka v'lakelem. If a bundle of produce was left in a field, near a wall, or a pile of grain, or was next to the animals, or was next to the plowing tools, and he forgot it, and the farmer forgot it when he was carrying in the bundles from the field. So, it's not considered shikha, and he may go back and take it, since it was left near an important item, it's not shikha, because the owner will eventually remember it. Basil says shikha is shikha, and must be left to the poor. According to Basil, even though the bundle was left near an important object, is it will not necessarily be remembered, because the law of shikha applies only to produce that the owner has forgotten and is unlikely to remember. Therefore, if a bundle has a distinctive feature that makes it stand out from the other bundles, it has some kind of simon, it's not shikha, because the owner will presumably remember it and come back for it. According to Beishamai, this is true of a bundle that is four times larger than others, and Beishil says that it's not shikha. Okay. Mishnah Gimel. Rashi Shurais if you have bundles of produce that are left at the ends of the rows of bundles. So, having discussed the cases where Beisham and Beisil argue whether a bundle is shikha, the Mishnah is going to discuss a case where they both agree about the status of what Allah is regarding certain forgotten bundles. 
So if you have bundles that are left at the end of the rows of bundles, so the presence of a bundle next to them indicates that they were not forgotten. What does this mean? A person was collecting a row of bundles and did not collect the last bundle in the row. If there are other uncollected bundles stretching in another direction from where that bundle was that he skipped, this indicates that this bundle was not forgotten but was purposely left to be collected as part of another row going in a different direction. So to illustrate this point, a field contains 100 bundles arranged in 10 rows of 10. So there's up and down and side by side. So following the up and down, the farmer collected the bundles in the first row but did not collect the last bundle in the row which would be bundle A10. He then turned to the next row, which would be row B, and began to collect its bundles, B1, B2, etc. The fact that the skipped bundle is next to the uncollected bundle, the B10 through J10 on the bottom, indicates that the farmer did not forget this bundle, but plans to collect it as part of a row going from side to side instead of up and down. This applies only to a bundle left at the end of the row. But if a bundle was skipped in the middle of a row, it is shikha, even if there are uncollected bundles next to it, as we'll see in the upcoming Mishnah. Since it was not forgotten, since this bundle was not forgotten, it's not shikha. However, if there are no bundles next to it, it must have simply been forgotten by the farmer, and it is shikha. Another case where a forgotten bundle is not considered shikha. If there's a bundle of produce that the farmer took hold of in order to bring it home to the city, but then he put it back in the field and forgot it. There's a Maidam Shaini Shikha, Besham and Basil agree that this bundle is not Shikha. As soon as the farmer picks up the bundle with the intent of carrying it off the field, he it's already potted from Shikha, since he clearly didn't forget it yet. If he forgets it at a later point, it's as if he forgot about a bundle after he already brought it home. And then the halachas of Shikha no longer apply, and he does not need to leave it for the Anim, and it belongs to him. Mishnah Dalit. Ve'eluhin These are the cases of bundles left at the ends of the rows which was mentioned in the previous Mishnah. Shnaim she'eschilu me'emza Before the Mishnah describes these cases, it describes a different case with a similar halacha. In this case, a single row of bundles was collected by two workers who started in the middle of the row and worked their way to opposite ends. Let's say you have ten bundles here. Each one, you know, ten bundles from one to ten. And the first worker started from 4, and he did 4, 3, 2, and 1. And the second worker started from bundle 6, and he did 6, 7, 9, and 9, and 10. So, Shnaim Hashura. You have two workers that started collecting bundles from the middle of a row that ran from north to south. This one faced the north, and that one faced the south, and they walked away from each other collecting the bundles as they went and they forgot the bundles that were in front of them. That is, each worker passed bundles and forgot them as he went. And both workers also left a bundle behind them. That is, that when they started, they both skipped a bundle, leaving it between the two work areas. So each of them moved along the road collecting bundles. One worker started from bundle number four and worked his way to the north, meaning down to number one. And the other worker started from bundle six and worked his way to the south. Bundle five was left behind by both of them. And as they worked, they each forgot another bundle. So the first worker who did from four down to one, he forgot about number two. And the second worker who was working from number six up to ten, he left out, he forgot number eight. So Eshel's name, Shikha, the is that the bundles that they forgot in front of them 
are shikha because each worker forgot those bundles on his own. But the bundle that they forgot behind them, that was the bundle that they skipped when they started their work, that's not shikha. Meaning five is not going to be shikha, bundle five is not going to be shikha for either one of them because each worker did not forget that bundle. He skipped it because he thought that the other worker would collect it. So such a bundle is not shikha because a bundle is shikha only if it was left behind because, he, because the farmer or the worker forgot about it. This bundle was not forgotten, but was left behind purposely because each worker assumed that the other one would take care of it. Thus, it's not considered shrikha. The Mishnah now elaborates on the case of the previous Mishnah. In this case, you have a single worker who's collecting bundles from a number of rows laid out next to each other. For example, he had 100 bundles laid out in a, in a large square of 10 rows, as we previously explained. So if a single worker started collecting bundles from the beginning of the row and forgot a bundle in front of him, that is, he stopped before the end of the row, leaving an uncollected bundle ahead of him, and he also forgot a bundle behind him, that is, he skipped a bundle on his way and left it behind him, which would be similar to the previous case in the Mishnah. So the dialogue is like this. Shalofan of the bundle that was left in front of him at the end of the row is not shikha, since the other uncollected bundle stretching in another direction from that bundle. So this indicates that this bundle was not forgotten but was purposely left to be collected as part of another row growing, going in a different direction, as the Mishnah previously mentioned. However, the bundle that was left behind him, which is the bundle that was skipped in the middle of the row, is shikha. Since he skipped it and continued collecting the rest of the row, he would have to go back in order to retrieve this bundle. It's this bundle falls under the Isser of Baal Tashuv, which is the Isser Minatera, not to turn back and take a forgotten bundle. So whenever a person forgets a bundle on his route, so in order to retrieve it, he must turn back. It's also because he has to leave it for Shikha. So when a, the worker skips a bundle in the middle of the row, let's say he's going working his way down A, A1, A2, A3, and then he skips over A4. It's Shikha even though there are bundles next to it. Because let's say B4 through J4, the four row going from left to right, since he skipped the bundle and continued along that row, it makes no sense to say that he was leaving that bundle to be collected as part of another row. It's clear that he simply skipped a bundle on his route, and thus the Torah prohibits him from turning back to take it. However, when he simply finishes the row before he reaches the last bundle, it's likely that he planned to collect it as part of his own row, the, therefore, it was never on his route and is not forbidden to collect it because it's only if it's on your route. The Mishnah sums up what the Allah is. Whenever a bundle is going to fall under the Isser of not turning back, for example, a bundle that was in the middle of the road that was forgotten and the only way to collect it is to turn back, the forgotten bundle is Shukha. But whenever a bundle is not subject to the Isser of Baltashev, for example, a bundle was left at the end of the row and the farmer can, can collect it as part of its own row without turning back, that bundle is not considered Shukha. Let's say he starts from 10A and goes all the way down 10A all the way to 10J, and then he goes to 9J and then works his way from 9J all the way to 9A. So even though, let's say, 9A um, he, he skipped over now, but it's not Baltashev because he's going to come back around to it when he gets, when he gets back to 9A because he's, he's, he's going back and forth. He's going from left to right, and then 9, he's going from right to left. Mishnah, hey.
Shnei Armim Shikha, Shleisha Eina Shikha. This Mishnah teaches that there's a limit to the number of bundles that become Shikha. One or two bundles of forgotten grain are Shikha, but three or more are not considered Shikha. If a farmer forgets three bundles in the same part of the field, none of the forgotten bundles are Shikha, and he may go back to take them. However, if bundles are forgotten in different parts of the field, sections that are far enough apart that they are not harvested at the same time, all the bundles are, are, are Shikha, no matter how many were forgotten in total, as long as there are no group of three bundles together. Shnei Tzibure Zesim Echoruven Shikha. Shikha applies to other kinds of produce that are forgotten in the field, the same way it applies to Tvua. The Mishnah says that the limits of Shikha, the Mishnah gives limits of Shikha on other kinds of produce as well. Similarly, if one or two forgotten heaps of olives or Choruven, which are carob, which are boxer, are Shikha, or Shleisha ain't Shikha, but if three or more heaps are forgotten in one place, they are not Shikha. When olives and Choruven were harvested, they were first piled into small heaps in the field, when the heaps were later gathered from the field into a large pile. Bringing these heaps to the pile is the same as bringing bundles of grain from the field. Just as a bundle of grain forgotten in the field is shikha, so too you have a heap of olives or caribs forgotten in the field. What's the difference between a heap and a pile? My understanding is that a heap is that you just left it there, you plopped it around, it's not neat in any orderly fashion. Masha'en came. A pile is when you pile it up and you try to keep it organized and you try to keep it in a certain way. One or two forgotten stalks of flax are shikha, but if three or more stalks are forgotten, they are not shikha. With flax, shikha applies to individual stalks rather than to bundles because flax was not gathered in bunches in the field. The individual stalks were carried off. So carrying these individual stalks is the final stage of gathering the flags, and shukha applies whenever a produce is gathered in for the final time, as we mentioned earlier in Perig Hay. Shnei gargarim peret, ushleisha enon peret. Individual grapes are full of a cluster while it's being picked, uh, is, is known as peret, and must be left for the anim, as we're going to see later on in, in Perig Zion. The Mishnah teaches how many fallen grapes are peret. So if one or two individual grapes fall from a cluster, they are parrot and must be left to the poor, shleisha, enon parrot. But if three or more grapes fall at one time, they are not parrot and may be retrieved. Shneshi balum leket, shleisha enon leket. Similarly, if one or two individual stalks of grain fall during the harvest, they are leket. But if three or more stalks fall at once, they are not leket. Elu kedivir beishamai. The Mishnah ends off that these rulings are emachlekes. These halachas, that three dropped items belong to the owner, is kishitas bezhilol. While kulan But all of these items, whether we're talking about bundles of grain or olives or carobs, beishamai say that up to three forgotten or dropped items belong to the poor. And if there are four or more, they belong to the owner. And each one learns the puzzle differently. Zerav explains the Taimayu Mishim Dechsev Lo Ani V'Lager Tazoi Vaiso Chad Lo Ani V'Chad Lager Haresh Nayim. So one goes to the Ani and the other goes to the Ger. That's two. That's how Beis Hillel learns. Beishamai Ar Mishleishel Aniim V'Abolu Balabayis. Beishamai say the three go to the Aniim and four go to the Balabayis. Dechsev. The pasuk says Lager La Yosem La Almana Yia Haresh Leishel Aniim. One for the Ger, one for the Yosem, and one for the Almana. So then it would you would have three. That's why it's Shlajala Aniyim, and if you have four, then that would go to the Balabais. Mishnah Vav. 
Ha'oymer she'yesh bo sasayim u'shachichai. Aside from the limit on the number of bundles that can become shechah, there's a limit on the size of the bundle that can become shechah, which we mentioned previously a few Mishnahis ago. So ha'oymer she'yesh bo sasayim u'shachichai. If a bundle of grain contains the volume of two saw, and the farmer forgot it in the field. Ain't it shikha? It's not shikha because shikha only applies to a bundle, and a bundle this big is considered a stack of grain, and it's not considered a bundle. And the Torah says that the bundle must be left for the anim. This excludes a package of grain so large that it's not considered a bundle. Meaning you could have something so big, it's not considered a bundle at all. What if you have two bundles that combined contain two saw of grain? Each one contains a saw. So if they were forgotten together in the field, it's a machlekes, meaning they were forgotten together in the same area of the field. So Rambam Gamliel Oimer Labalabayas. Rambam Gamliel says that it belongs to the owner. That it's not shikha. It belongs to the aniim, and they are shikha. Amram Gamliel. So Rambam Gamliel defends what he says. When more bundles are forgotten, does the owner's right to keep them increase, or does his right to keep them decrease? Meaning, why does the Balabayas have more of a power because the, the bundles are bigger? So, the Chachamim answered him that his right to keep them increases, as we see from the fact that when one or two bundles are forgotten, he must leave them for the poor, for the Aniyim. But when three or more bundles are forgotten, he may keep them for himself, as we mentioned in Mishnah, in the previous Mishnah. So, but let me ask you, if when there's only one bundle which contains two saw, if he forgets that it it's not shikha, so then then when there are two bundles which combined contain two saw, they certainly should not be shikha. Why? Because since an extra bundle increases the owner's right to keep the forgotten bundles. So the Chachamim answer him back. So Amr Loi, the Chachamim said to him, Gamli Loi, it's not a valid argument what you're, what you're saying. Why? Because if the Chachamim said that a single bundle that contains two saws, not shikha, and that is because such a large bundle is not considered a bundle at all, but it's rather considered a stack, and therefore it's going to be potter from shikha, which which the mitzvah of shikha applies only to bundles. So, but shall you say that the two saw forgotten produce belong to the owner when they are contained in two bundles, which are each small enough to be considered small bundles? Krichais, like the mission in the beginning of Elamitzia says, are smaller bundles. So mechatesi, I mean he's asking that mechatesi a bundles and oimer, maybe krichas, which are smaller, should also be considered a bundle. So certainly not. Shall you say that the two soft forgotten produce belong to their owner when they're contained in two bundles? Certainly not. Rather, each bundle is viewed on its own. Since each one is less than two saw, they are shikha. Okay. Mishnah Zion. As we mentioned previously, the stalks of grain that are overlooked and left unharvested are shikha. The Mishnah teaches that like a forgotten bundle, overlooked stalks do not become shikha if they are too large. So if you have a section of standing grain that contains two so or more, a section over here means a bunch of standing stalks right, ne- right next to each other with no harvested stalks separating them, and a person forgot to harvest it. So ain't a shikha, it's not considered shikha just as there is a two so limit for oimrim, for forgotten bundles, there's a two-saw limit for kama, for uncut stalks. Since the halacha of forgotten standing grain from the kama is learned from the Pasuk in the Torah that discusses forgotten bundles of grain, so both types are shikha 
Both types of shikha share the same size limit. Azazak to Rav. The Alfinan Shikhas Kamam Shikhas Omer. We learn out the shikha of standing stalks from the shikha of the bundles. Ma Omer Shiesh by Sasayim and Shikha, just like a bundle that contains more than two saw is not considered shikha. So two standing stalks that that contain more than two so is also not shikha. The shikha on standing stalks, we learn it out from the Pazak that says The Pazak says that you forgot a bundle in the field. The rabbi is coming to include to teach me that the halacha of shikha applies to standing stalks as well. When determining whether the uncut grain, the kama, contains two sa, we don't necessarily measure the actual volume of the grain. Because if the uncut grain does not contain two sa, but it would have been fit to produce two sa had it been thicker and of better quality, it's not considered shikha. For example, some of the stalks of barley were left uncut. Even if it's poor quality barley, that's as thin as scrawny as grass pea, which we mentioned previously in the Mishnahs also. Taifach. Grass pea is a bean-like plant with very scrawny seeds. The barley has been beaten by destructive winds and has stunted its growth and is therefore very scrawny. didn't really produce much. So we view it as if it contains full-sized barley kernels. And we have to assess how large these stunted kernels would have been had they developed normally. Since the grain is still standing and can continue to grow, we view it to be as large as it can possibly become, meaning we give it the fullest potential. A bundle of cut grain, though, can no longer grow because you already cut it, you already harvested it, it's detached from the ground, and thus we have to measure only its actual size. So if these kernels would contain two sah, had they been full size, they are not considered shikha because, again, it would be the same halacha as shikichas kama, the same way um, the same way you have shikha by kama, you also have shikha by, by shvach quality stuff. Mishnechesh. In Perg Hay, we learned that if standing grain is overlooked and it wasn't harvested yet, but it's very close to a section of the field that was not yet harvested, so the produce that was overlooked is not considered shikha. So the Mishnah is going to go back to this and explain some more halachas over here. So, the presence of standing grain nearby prevents a forgotten bundle of grain or forgotten standing grain from becoming Shikha. That is, a farmer forgot to collect a bundle of grain or to harvest some stalks, but the forgotten bundle or stalks were very close to the unharvested section of the field, they're not considered shikha. The Mishnah previously explained exactly how close forgotten stalks must be to unharvested stalks. As for a forgotten bundle, it is saved by nearby unharvested stalks as long as there's no unharvested section between the bundle and the stalks. However, the presence of an uncollected bundle of grain does not prevent the bundle of grain or standing grain that was forgotten nearby from becoming shikha. If one forgot a bundle of or stalks near the other bundles of grain that were already cut, that had and that were cut but not yet collected, so the forgotten bundle or the stalks are nevertheless considered shikha. Having said that the standing grain prevents produce forgotten nearby from becoming shikha, the mission will explain. What kind of standing grain accomplishes this? What kind of standing grain prevents a bundle or standing grain that was forgotten nearby from becoming shikha? Any standing grain that it itself is not shikha, even if it's only a single stalk. It does not have to be a complete unharvested section. Even a single stalk of grain that was not yet harvested, as long as it was not forgotten and is thus permitted to be harvested, saves any bundle or uncut grain that's forgotten nearby from becoming shikha. 
Mishnah Tess. So akura sha'ina akura. We learned in the previous Mishnayas that neither forgotten bundles nor forgotten standing grain can become shikha if they are larger than two saw. The Mishnah is going to discuss whether forgotten bundle can combine with the grain that's standing next to it to make up the shear of sasayim. So if you have a saw tvua of detached grain, which is a bundle of grain that was already cut, and it was forgotten right next to a saw of grain that was not detached, and it was overlooked, and it was left unharvested, and likewise in the case of a tree, if a saw of picked fruit was forgotten, and a saw of fruit was overlooked and not picked, so as mentioned earlier, shikha applies not only to grain, but also to fruits and other kinds of produce. With fruit as with grain, shikha applies both to picked fruit and that was forgotten, and to fruit that was overlooked and not picked. And similarly, with regard to garlic and onions, if one saw of picked garlic or onions was forgotten, and another saw of garlic or onions was overlooked and not picked, so in all of these cases, the forgotten harvested produce does not combine with the forgotten unharvested produce to be exempt from shikha. Ella shall him, rather, they both belong to the onion. Rabbi Yaisi Aimer, Rabbi Yaisi says, in If the property of the anim, such as leket, separates between the forgotten bundle and the forgotten standing grain, that is, that there's some leket lying between the two forms of shikha, meaning the kama and the oimer, they do not combine the two, to the two saw, and they are shikha. But if not, if there are no other matnas anim that are in between the different forms of shikha, so then of the forgotten produce, they do combine. And together they contain two saw, and if together they contain two saw, neither of them are shikha. Mishnah Yud. There's some produce, some tvuah that would grow that's not mechuyiv in shikha. So if you have grain that's designated to feed animals, grain which was used to feed animals was harvested before it was fully ripe, while it was still moist and tender, so that the animals who eat the grain raw could eat it more easily, or it was grain that was designated to use for binding other grain into bundles. When grain was gathered into bundles, the stalks of grain were used in place of string to tie the bundles together. Certain stalks were harvested with the intent of being used for this purpose. They were using this, the stalks from this field to tie together the bundles of the grain that was already cut in this field. Similarly, shoots of garlic designated for binding other garlic into bundles, or small bundles of garlic or onions that are waiting to be bundled together into larger bundles, because the way onions and garlic grow, they grow under the ground with this big shoot of grass, that's usually green, and that stands out on top of it, so that's what we're talking about, to use the bundles of Agudes Hashum and B'tzalim. All of these items are not subject to shikha if they're forgotten in the field, the owner may go back and take them. And this is because shikha applies only to produce that will be eaten by people. So the grain harvested for animal for animals and the grain harvested to, 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 to use to tie other stalks together is not going to be mechiv and shikha. So this is one of the five conditions that the produce must meet in order to be obligated in peah, as we learned in Parak Aleph. So produce is obligated in shikha only if it meets the same five conditions, as was mentioned in the, pre, in the, the first parak. So small bundles of garlic or onions are not subject to shikha because they're not yet at the final stage of being gathered. They'll be gathered again into larger piles. And shikha applies only to bundles that are being gathered for the final time, as we learned earlier in Parak Hay. Now 
the Mishnah is going to mention the Machleke is whether the Halachas of Shukha applies to certain types of vegetables. In regard to all vegetables, who, who, each of these vegetables has an edible part that grows in the ground, such as luf. Luf is a kind of onion, garlic or other onions, meaning that the edible bulbs of the garlic and onions they grow under the ground and only the leaves, the leaves are visible. So Yehuda says they're not subject to shikha, they are subject to shikha. And the Rav explains what the Machlechus is over here. Anything that's hidden under the ground is not subject to shikha. So the Pazik says, just like a sada, a field is something open and it's clear and you get to see everything that's there. So too, anything else that has the chiv of shikha, has the mitzvah of shikha, is only going to be if it's out in the open. Pratal tamon, to exclude something which is hidden. Uh, the Gemara in Brachas on the Chesim Reves mentions the concept of a field as being an open place. And an open place is something that's goloi. Another nafkamina maybe over here would be similar to the halachas of tamon ve'esh, as the Gemara Babakama discusses in a few places. Okay. And the Chachamimimimim, yesh lahem shikha. Because it says Sodcha, and although Sodcha is mashma begoloi, it says Ketzircha, the mashma nami goloi. So, so the the Mahalach Halimut of the Psukim in Chumish is Ein Miut Achar Miut Elalurabois. When you have two negatives, so to speak, it comes to teach me another halacha. Um, so if it says Sodcha, that's teaching me that it has to be begoloi. And it says Ketzircha, Ketzircha is also mashma that it needs to be begoli, open, and clear to be seen. So, it's only coming to teach me another halacha. And what's it coming to teach me? It's coming to teach me that something that's hidden is mechuyiv in shikha as well. Tamun means anything that the fruit itself, the bulb of this plant, is under the ground, and you eat from it. Radishes, batzal, Onions, shum, v'halefes, turnips, and garlics, and kayetze behen. But ain't halacha k'rebihuda, and the halacha is not like k'rebihuda, but like t'checham. Mishni yon alef. Ha'kaitzer of someone harvests grain at night and forgets to harvest some of it. V'hama'amer, or gathers bundles of harvested grain at night and forgets to gather some of them. V'hasuma, and likewise, if a blind person forgets to look at bundles in the field, whether by night or by day, because he can't see, there's no difference to him between night and day generally. Yesh lahem shikha, He's subject to shikha, even though it's easy for such a person to miss some produce, the produce he forgets is nevertheless shikha. And the Mishnah Parakeh taught that produce is not considered shikha if it was forgotten or overlooked because of some outside reason. For example, if a poor person blocked it. Not being able to see whether due to blindness or nighttime is not considered an outside factor in this regard. Since a person who cannot see is fully aware of the handicap he's working under, he's being careful in his work to compensate for not being able to see. If in spite of this he left behind the bundle, it's attributed to forgetfulness and not shikha. This head is explains it, which is very interesting. Because you say, well, it's, it, it, it's Pashat, he's, he's blind, he can't see, so he's going to forget. Zakta tries to Israel, he's going to be extra careful to make sure that everything get, it gets included. If someone is harvesting grain and intends to take the thick stalks first and to leave some of the thin stalks for later, if he forgets to harvest some of the stalks, he's not subject to shikha because he may return and harvest the overlooked stalks. Since he's harvesting in an unusual manner, he's not mechuyiv in shikha and he's going to be, um, he's going to remind himself of, 
of Ketzircha uh, means Kederach Ketzira. And if he's not doing a Kederach Ketzira over here, so then, Ein Loishukha. The last halach of the parak, Mamar Harani, Kertzal Manas, Mashani Shechech, Ani Etel, Yesh Loishukha. If a person says, I'm harvesting on condition that I may return to take whatever I forget, he's subject to Shukha, and despite this condition, he may not return and take what he forgets, he's still going to be over on Baltoshuf. Since this condition goes against the the Torah, which says that a farmer may not return to take what he forgets, the condition has no validity. Ordinarily, a person can make all kinds of actions subject to any condition of his choosing. For example, he could say he wants to marry on the, on, uh, a woman on condition that she give him a certain amount of money. However, no condition is valid if he's master master if he goes against what it says in the Torah.